So, one, two, we're ready to go. We're ready to do this. I'm ready to do this. What up, y'all? This is Brittany. I'm Mandisa. And I'm Jamal. And we are your hosts of. We're your hosts of. And we're the host of. Living Millennial. Living Millennial. Living Millennial. A podcast where you'll be hearing three different perspectives and emerging stories from three different millennials on everyday life and trending topics. Hey, 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 y'all. Welcome back to Living Millennial, episode 14. This is Jamal. This is Brittany. And Mandisa is not here today because she is still working on the Broadway national tour of Jitney. Uh, Their next stop will actually be here in L.A., and they'll be playing here at Mark Taper Forum November 22nd through December 29th. Is that right, Brittany? December 29th. Yes. Disa's back on the West Coast. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. So we'll be able to see her really, really soon. And we'll also be going to see the play Jitney as well, which I'm really, really excited for. I'm a huge fan of August Wilson. So uh, I'm excited to see this production for sure. I've heard great things about it. So Yes. Yes, I'm excited too. We have to, we definitely have to take some time to talk about what that looks like. Me coming out to see it. Yeah. Um, me coming out there to LA to definitely to see it with you guys. Hey, come on out to LA. I can even come down to San- Oh, and then they're going to be in San Diego, right? That's after yes. the LA leg of everything. Yes, yeah. they'll be in San Diego from mid January, I believe, to uh, towards the end of February. So we got options. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm really, really excited. That's great. So, Mandisa, we'll be here vibrating for you. We miss you. We love you. But we know you're doing great, big things. Yes, my little traveling queen. We miss you. <laughs> um, well, but here's the thing. I have a question because, you know, I've just been in my feelings lately. And in my feelings that I didn't even know that I had. Like, I guess I'm just really in other people's feelings. Ooh. Does that make sense? You and other people's feelings? Okay. We I can know. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> I said all that to ask you, what have you been listening to, Jamal? Like, what have you been listening to lately that has just been capturing you? So, you know, I'm always stuck in the 90s and early 2000s. I rarely turn on the radio. And so many things current, I'm always months behind. And so, you know, I'm still in my 90s R&B. You know, Brandy is one of my favorites. My 20s. Yes. Then my Drew Hill, all those great things. Um, so that's where I'm stuck at right now. But you know who I really, really love because he gives me that true R&B feel? Because R&B has done this fusion as of many, many years. Yes. So we don't really have, R&B is just new, right? Mm-hmm. Avery Wilson. Do you know this guy? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so that's somebody that I'm listening to. Uh, his vocals are amazing. The tracks, the production is just gives me that really, really good early 2000 R&B feel, like the roots of R&B. And we don't really have that sound on radio today, honestly, at least for our generation, you know, of yeah. course, after that certain time when the slow jams come on, we still yes. have some artists and you might find some Fantasia on those because uh, Fantasia is the true R&B artist as well. She's doing a lot of fusion these days too, but her music still sounds R&B. Avery Wilson, man, he's he's pretty dope. He's good. Do you know uh, Do you know what show he came from? 
Yeah, The Voice. The Voice, yeah, yes. That was so long ago. He's so young, too, so he was like a baby on that show. Well, I just found that out, actually, that he was from The Voice. I think I had found him originally on Instagram when I always find people, other people. Doing those runs. Yeah, yes, doing those runs. I think someone maybe shared it or something, and I already thought, you know, initially I'm like, oh, he's cute. But then he's cute and he can sing. It was just, it was just a wrap. So then I learned more about him. And yeah, he's he's amazing. And I downloaded his last two um, albums or EPs. No, one EP, one album. He just always released, dropping right? EPs. And I don't know, I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's because an album is coming and it's not finished yet, or if the label is shelving some things. I really don't know why that works because he's been on the scene yeah. for a long minute, but he hasn't dropped an album yet and i really mm-hmm. want an avery wilson album and i think the industry needs to be ready yeah he's an amazing vocalist yes i think eps are like little testers almost yeah. depending on who it is right if, especially if the label releasing it hmm? or you just want to put a f- some music out and you're like, or you just want to put it out there and you don't want no label attached to it which whatever it is i think yeah. it's a number of reasons but yeah he's amazing oh good good name drop right there that was good um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have actually what been stuck on a to? few people mm-hmm. and I just want to say really quickly, I am proud of myself for listening to music that's out now <laughs> and really like in this, in this time, in this era, because I'm just like you, I'm stuck in the nineties and two thousands, really the, like the eighties, like it really just depends. I can mm-hmm. listen to Anita Baker Every day, all day. That's Anita. Listen, I love her, right? (laughs) Yes, I love her. She is definitely the queen. Um, But I've been listening to um, Ari Lennox. One of my friends I met over the summer put me on Ari. And I heard Shea Butter Baby, but like I didn't. For that D.C. She's from D.C. She's from my home. She is. She is from D.C. and, And I got put on to her. And then she's actually really funny. She's an Aries. She's hilarious. I watch her IG lives whenever I can because she's just so funny. So I love Ari Lennox and Shea Butter Baby. The album is good. And then I went back to listen to um, Fa, and that is really good too. Uh, she's just amazing. Um, definitely like a new age Erica Badu, I would compare her to. Mm. Um, just like a little funkier right mm-hmm. yeah, she's um a few times yeah yeah she's she's amazing um wale just dropped his latest album um, called, album already yes it's called wow that's it. crazy oh I my goodness shout out to d.c the dmv going strong. <laughs> wonderful artist out there come on wale ari this is great man wale like killed this album and it's such a tribute to Black culture and black women. Uh, he, he killed it. His song Sue Me, oh my goodness. It's a rap. It, just geez. listen to it. Whoever's our listeners out there, go and find Wale's song Sue Me if you haven't heard it already. And just keep back, get inspired, and just be ready to just rep black culture like it's nothing. He kills it. Download he, that tonight. Download it. He killed that whole album is just is fire. Um Doja Cat just released a new album too, and oh, I haven't. Yeah. I'm usually back and forth with her. She's interesting. Uh huh. Did I say her name right? No, I know you did. I don't know her. Oh, she's good. She's <laughs> a rapper. Like she's like, over here. Who? Oh, who? Oh, sorry. 
Um, she's like a rapper singer type. She's bomb. Mm-hmm. She just releases her new album too called Hot Pink. Um, and she has a song called Rules that's a monster. Like listen. She's a monster. She literally opens it and says, Sorry, mom. Opens it and says, Play with my pussy, don't play with my emotions. <laughs> hey, listen, we gotta take we gotta take control of our sexualities, tell people what to do with it. You know what I mean? And stop letting other people tell us what to do with our bodies. Like, you play with this, and this is how you're going to do it. Yeah. Doja Cat. And leave my emotions out of it, okay? Leave my emotions out of it. Emotions might be aroused, too, you know, if it's really, really good. (laughs) (laughs) You're so silly. I mean, I get that, but Doja, that's not where Doja is going, okay? She's like, I love it. She's like, keep the emotions to the side. So I love that. I love that song. Um, And then last person I'm going to say I'm like in love with, I'm obsessed with right now is Summer Walker. Summer Walker. Yes. I don't know a lot of her. Go ahead. Oh my God. You need to go back, go back and listen to like her first EPs and everything Mm -hmm. too, because they're still relatable right now. She's releasing timeless music, to be honest. She's Mm -hmm. like, like Tony Braxton has timeless music. Brandy, like you mentioned, has timeless music. Like Summer Walker is releasing some timeless ass music. So definitely go back and listen to her old stuff like Clear. Um, and I think last of summer or something like that, but the latest one she releases over it and she just, she kills it. And she's been in the, in social media a lot mm-hmm. because people are tripping about her performance and not either happy with it or, you know, she's on stage too short of a time, all these things, but she's been open about having social anxiety. Right. Um, and you can visibly that. see, you know, um, you can yeah. visibly see how anxious she is when she's with people in front of people. Um, just all the things. And she's she's pretty open about it on social media too. And she says she's an empath. So you know she's feeling people's energies. So if you come across mm-hmm. with some bad energy, that's that's draining to some mm-hmm. folks, the empaths, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm really that she's talking about it though, because what I do know about Summer Walker is about her social anxiety, because that's been something that she's been speaking about. She's always been open about it, but also um you know she's planning on retiring which i hope she doesn't do uh and she's not going to tour anymore because of the social anxiety but you know i think people shouldn't make fun of that because mental illness is real social anxiety is real i suffer from some of it sometimes it's very new in my life over the past couple of years and i think we need to support people who are strong enough to say hey this is what's going on um and she has to take care of herself at the end of the day like you know drop some music you know, do do like Beyonce and record like from a studio and send in that performance to the award shows or whatever. There's many creative things you could do today. Um, yeah. Still feel like they're with Summer Walker. Uh, but you got to take care of yourself first because we don't want this industry to knock anybody down. Exactly. And I, and I feel it. And she said that too. She said, she's openly said that she puts herself first. She don't want to lose herself trying to please other people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and probably you know, all the things. So I'm, I'm definitely a supporter of her and I'm a supporter of whatever decisions that she makes. Again, she's released timeless music already. So what she, whatever she leaves behind, if she does retire, which she's always threatening by the way, but I don't think she going anywhere. But if she, if she does indeed retire, she's, she's definitely leaving some great, some great music behind. Um, but we asked this question of um, Mandisa, and she let us know that she's been revisiting some Motown. Mm, yeah. Motown. You know, Motown, 
that's always going to feel good. Like, yes. if you're ever going through something, put on some Motown and just yeah. remember that, remember that era, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's for worse for sure. Well, I can't really remember the era because I wasn't there, but it definitely, you know, brings me some nostalgia, um, for History. sure. Huh? History. History, yeah. And it reminds me of my family and family reunions and just, you know, how happy my family would be listening to those things. And you know, I'm from Chicago, so we step into just about anything. So that's definitely, mm-hmm. you know, a little something to step to. So um, so yeah, she's been, she's been listening to Motown um, since she went to Hitsville or the Hitsville Museum um, throughout her her traveling right now. So um, Earth, Wind, and Fire and Donna Summer are two oh, of yeah right are two of the um, the folks that she was shouting out to this answer. So good stuff. We got some good taste in music. I'm good. You know what? I'm so sad. I'm gonna miss the Donna Summer musical. Uh, is in LA right now and I'm going to miss it because I leave out of town tomorrow to go to Memphis for work but uh, I wanted to see that musical so bad I heard it was great and it started at La Jolla Playhouse if I'm not mistaken and uh, it's doing great things on tour now so if you can catch the Donna Summer musical definitely do that as well yeah Mandisa worked on that when they were in San Diego Yes, at La Jolla Playhouse. Yeah, yeah, she worked on that, actually, and she loved it. I'll, I'll speak for my girl real quickly, but she loved it because the cast was beautiful. And mm-hmm. um, just she, I remember her saying something about just being around, just being in a room filled with, like, Black girl magic, right? Yes. Um, and the epitome of it. So, yeah, I just, I felt that when she said that. I was like, oh, I was jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, if y'all in L.A., check out the Donna Summer musical. Mandisa put her little stamp on it, too. <laughs> she yeah. did her thing. Um, but I actually want to get, let's get into the discussion um, for the show. We had a sh- short-ish conversation last uh, week. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about dating um, oh, a little God. bit. And we were t- <laughs> Um, but, and we were also talking about dating as, uh, bisexual, right. And what that could really look like. Um, and I, it was just a very powerful conversation that I want us to have. And I want listeners to, um, to listen in on because the shit's real. Yeah, it's real. There's so much (laughs) stigma surrounding, you know, labels and sexuality and unfortunately it's not uh this is a horrible reference maybe but like the playing field isn't level for uh everyone out there depending on how you identify it does unfortunately change how you date and uh presents some challenges because people do you know see you based off of how you identify and not unfortunately your spirit and who you are as a human being and um it can make yeah. it make it a little challenging to be out here dating and everything so yeah it 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 seems that way for sure um and i just want to give a disclaimer out here really quickly the discussion that we have on this show is in no way shape or form um you know us claiming to speak for anyone in the lgbtq plus community um we're speaking strictly from our perspectives and our experiences and we are in no way um, you know, claiming to be experts 
<laughs> at all. Um, but I do want to, I do want to uh, make sure the listeners know that like what we say here does not reflect um, the entire community. Because at the end of the day, how can anyone claim to be an expert? These things are so fluid in the sense that uh, how we see these labels, how we relate to these labels, how society um, relates to these labels, it's always changing and shifting yeah. as time goes on, you know? And yeah. it's a spectrum. We know that it's a spectrum, um, mm-hmm. regardless if we, people admit the spectrum or, you know, ignore it, but there's a spectrum to sexuality and there's very few people on the planet that are this or that, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and this is also a good time too to just talk about the differences um, I mentioned the LBGTQ plus community, um, so lesbian, bisexual, gay, transgender, and queer plus community. Um, plus can be asexual, intersex, pansexual. Um, at this point, to Jamal's point, you know, you name it. But I think, listen, you claim it, you name it, you name it, you claim it. How about that, right? Yeah. You <laughs> and you roll from there. You allow it to be. What you mean? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like, wait, hold on. I'm like, let me catch up to that thought. <laughs> if you name it, you claim it. So if it's something that is not on the list, and but it's it makes sense to you, you name it, you can claim it, right? Mm. I mean, if you claim it, if you, there's something that you claim, I feel like that then if you want to name it, and we'll get into labels, but if you want to name it, you can do so. But it's up to me. I just came up with that right now. No, look, uh, at you, look at you. <laughs> you like, I know it sounds like you're making some shit up. So, <laughs> <laughs> nah. um, but, and I also, um, this, so let's talk about too, the differences between, um, I think this is a, a important, um, very important, but let's talk about the difference differences between bisexual, gay, and queer. This comes up a lot. Um, I hear queer more often now. And um, and then this can help us with the conversation about fluidity for sure. Um, but I definitely hear queer more often than I hear people um, claim as claim themselves as gay or bisexual, um, which I kind of like because you know you're you're allowing yourself to be fluid, right? Yeah, and it's also something that uh, you know I've I've found to be true is that a lot of times people can use queer interchangeably with gay or bisexual because queer as i understand it is a more broad spectrum so you can be into bdsm or kink and identify as queer just because you're uh you're into something that's still a taboo to the world or that you know people don't understand and so for me i find that queer i identify as bisexual and i use queer and bisexual interchangeably changeably and uh you know because i think for me queer gives me an opportunity to uh define myself because sometimes with the label of bisexual there's explaining and it's like uh, i don't know what this means to me and people have the different understandings of it and so you know i'm bisexual and queer you know yeah. uh, and i'm jamal at the end of the day that's the <laughs> that's the biggest thing i'm right (laughs) at the end of the day so that's how i understand queer and then bisexual is you know means that you are attracted to more than just one gender and i love this definition um by robin ouch i'm probably saying her last name wrong so forgive me if i am um but this person says i call myself bisexual because i acknowledge that i have in myself the potential 
to be attracted romantically and or sexually to people of more than one sex or gender, not necessarily at the same time, not necessarily in the same way, and not necessarily to the same degree. And I think that's a beautiful definition. When I heard that about a year ago via another podcast, Bisexual Talk, it blew my mind because a lot of times you find yourself explaining to people when you let them know that you're bisexual, oh, so how do you know which one you want today? Or what do you want tomorrow? Or they assume that that means you're inconsistent or you're greedy or your urges are just abnormal to any other normal human being. But that's not how it goes at all. I mean, if you compare bisexuality to the heteronormative, um, just because you're with one person, if you choose to be monogamous, it doesn't mean that you're not attracted to other people of the different gender, like your attraction doesn't stop. And so a lot of times people confuse bisexuality with a lot of the lies that we've been told about bisexuality through media and through just, you know, the phobia of bisexuality um, throughout time. And so I love this definition because it really opens up the complexities of it and um, starts a great conversation, I believe. Yeah, I, and you mentioned, um, you know, the phobia of bisexuality and some of the things that people say to discriminate against bisexuality. And I, um, I think that's a good transition to talk about the discrimination that happens. Um, and I found a definition as well. And this is on Wikipedia. And I typically am, don't really work with uh, Wikipedia, but I read this and this actually made, they just, they took care of it. They 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 knew what they were doing on this one. They knew what they were doing on this one. But <laughs> um and um you know I was looking up discrimination against bisexuality and biphobia came up and biphobia is is uh, by Wikipedia is aversion towards bisexuality and towards bisexual people as a social group or individuals. Um, it can take the form of denial that bisexuality is a genuine sexual orientation or of negative um, stereotypes around about people who are bisexual. So such such as things like believing that they are promiscuous, like the example that you gave, or dishonest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that they pinpointed that, you know, discrimination comes from both heterosexual and LGBTQ plus communities, uh, because that's so true. That's something that I've seen. I've seen, um, you know, Again, the examples that you gave, like, well, what do you like today? Like men or women, or, um, you know, you don't know what, you just don't know what you want. You want everybody type of things. Um, And I've seen that, and I've heard that come from um, our heterosexual community, as well as the LGBTQ plus community. And I've always been, like, confused about that. Like, that's messed up. When I saw that, I was like... That's rude. Like at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you know, first of all, they ain't fucking you. So why are you mad? Yeah. <laughs> facts, facts. And then I what I'd love to do as well is when I'm speaking to someone who is heterosexual and they're just so confused and you become their science project because they just mm. can't think outside of the norms that have been set up for them in society. Yeah. The funny thing is I love comparing all the stereotypes back to hetero sexuals you know and so for instance if they say you don't know what you want i just call out a whole bunch of people that are heterosexual and dating a whole lot of people and don't know what they want because at the end of the day it comes down to the person and the mate that you're looking for you know it doesn't come it doesn't just come down to sexuality sexuality is an aspect of you but at the end of the day you want to be with a good human 
You know, yeah. maybe you don't want to be with a good human. Maybe you want to be with an asshole. That's the thing out there too. I think assholes are good. <laughs> However, it's, it's the humanity. It's the spirit of the human being more so than their sexuality. So if someone tells me because I'm bisexual, oh, you just don't know what you want. First off, you don't get to decide that for me. I'm living in this body. I'm living in this world. I'm 31 years old. With my experience, I it's hard enough already. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. To be black and bisexual, two checks, two strikes against you already, right? <laughs> and so yeah. it's 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 troubling and problematic to me when people uh, continue to push these stereotypes and lies that aren't true. And even if you tell them the truth, they decide not to believe you. Mm. And like you said, I'm speaking for myself. I can't speak for all bisexuals. But when I came out a few years ago, it was four years ago when I, when I came out. Um, and the thing that was hard for me is that after I came out, it wasn't completely freedom because there were still confusing things that I had for myself. And statistically, um, in the LGBTQIA plus community, bisexuals make up almost 50% of the community. But oh, there's wow. so much bi erasure because if you look at me and I happen to be with a man, you assume that I'm gay. Mm -hmm. If you look at me and I'm with a woman, you assume that I'm straight. Mm -hmm. And I saw someone with a t-shirt that says, don't assume my sexuality. And I said, that's so amazing because there's so much bi erasure because we look and we see and we're like, oh, we decide for other people what they are before even asking them. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's also still interesting to me why sexuality is the primary focus of a human being's existence. You know, I was listening to a podcast recently yes. about bisexuality and um, the man said, he said, oftentimes I'll say that I'm bi and I try to stay away from bisexual because as soon as I say bisexual, people start asking me about my sex life. Like, that's the first thing that comes up. When's the last time you've been with a woman? When's the last time you've been with a man? Have you been with more men and women? Da, da, da. It always goes directly back to my sex life. Mm. And one, that's none of your business. Two, I'm not defined by my sex life. Three, I'm not completely defined by my sexuality. It's a part of me. Mm. But get to know me rather yeah. than even to assume, based on your false perceptions, mm. who I am yeah. as a human. You just said so much. Um, I definitely, in terms of labeling people and making assumptions, and I'm a firm believer in when you make assumptions, um, you make an ass out of you and me. Amen. Right? You first, motherfucker. But, <laughs> um, and don't get me wrong, sometimes doing that is, you know, it's, it's human behavior, but it's the checking of ourselves and it's going past that, you know, thoughts and actually saying things that can potentially violate someone's privacy and um, make them uncomfortable. And um, I see this often, and this is questions regarding people's sexuality, people's home lives, people's money, people's, um, you know, just everything. Um, but, and, you know, there's, there's folks out there who would just ask because they're curious, but your curiosity should not should not um violate my comfortability mm -hmm. you know you being curious um should not make me should not have to make me uncomfortable because you have to have answers that don't even benefit your life mm -hmm. you, like so that always ugh, that always sits weird with me whether it's someone asking me crazy questions or if it's someone asking 
if I hear someone else asking another person questions that, you know, are, it's, it's very visible that it's making that person uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just, it's a number of things. And it happens to me mostly regarding race in my hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I'm quick to, I'm very quick to, to definitely cut people off. But labeling, I think, is, is hurtful. Um, you know, we, we're so quick to put one another in boxes. And the moment someone steps outside of the box that we think that they should be in, mm-hmm. then we're up in, we're in an uproar and we're confused. And we ha- and again, we have to, you know, we have to get questions answered and I don't see a benefit to it. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I don't see the benefit to it. Um, or at least I don't see the benefit of going in the uproar if someone steps out of certain labels or boxes that we give to them. Um, but I think it's, it's, a good idea for us to go forward and, you know, whatever we have in our minds, whatever ideas we put held on to, to, you know, just debunk them. And how do you do that? Yeah. Having a conversation with someone and making an ask, you know, you said, you know, um, that, and I love this too, that, you know, the sexuality doesn't necessarily, um, doesn't necessarily take over your identity. Yeah. Right. And I always, I try to tell people all the time just to be cautious of doing that. Be cautious of pairing your identity with your sexuality so much um, because it could potentially be, you know, dangerous. It could be hurtful, just a number of things. But I think just really sitting down and listening to people Mm -hmm. and you don't even have to ask questions to get, you know, to have to have something to listen to. Just sit down and really listen to someone. Sit down and if you have to ask a question, you mentioned this the other day, you know, ask, who are you? Yeah. Right? What do you want out of life? What do you want out of a relationship? Who are you? Not who who you fucking, not what are you? Yeah. You know, that's just, to me, that just seems so uncomfortable. And it's not many people that ask me that, but like, dang, you mm-hmm. know, just, just... <laughs> Just hearing other people's stories, it it really makes folks uncomfortable. So we have to be mindful of what we're asking, mm-hmm. how we're asking, right? Yeah. And why? Why am I asking this? Why is this beneficial to me? How is this going to help me in my life? I really hope that we're moving towards because you know I think I think labels are important to a certain degree, at least initially, because it's how you find your community. Mm-hmm. And if you're Part of a marginalized group and you don't uh and maybe you don't have a label which is totally fine too i think that i celebrate all things um it doesn't have to make sense to me i just celebrate people finding and labeling themselves but i know for me uh labeling because at first it was like you know i'm jamal and i wasn't going with any type of sexual label just because i was afraid of what that would present and then when i identified as bisexual just the questions that come were, you know, enlightening sometimes and sometimes offensive, right? But however, I'm aware now how much I need a bi community. Like I'm always listening to podcasts about bisexuality. I'm always talking to uh, bisexuals that I meet about their experiences in life and their journeys because I realized through my identity, identifying as uh, an aspect of my identity as a bisexual male, that I find that I'm not alone. And so I do think that sometimes labels helps you find your community for you to feel that you have support, feel seen. And I was feeling very alone and I was going through this deep depression and these mental things and just insecurities and feeling down on myself. And then I started doing research and 
I realized I wasn't alone. Like there was one thing, I, I've only been in a relationship with women. I've been single for a very long time, but I've only been in love with women in my life. And sometimes I would think like, yo, people would say, well, do you think that you're actually gay? And I was like, well, no, I'm not. I was actually in love with these women. Like I was in love with them. I still think back on right. the women that I've been in love with, only two and well, three, but that was middle school, but still that was love. <laughs> claim it, claim it. You know, but I'm still connected to uh, at least one of my exes, a really close friend of mine today. And that love was real. Like today that love is still real, you know? And so, although as of late, the past few years, my life has been mostly men. That doesn't mean that my attraction for women is gone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people say, well, do you think you're going to end up with a woman or a guy? And I'm like, I don't, no. And it's a valid question. I think it's not everybody's business, but it's a valid question because there are bisexuals out there who have never been with someone of the same, uh, the same gender, you know, so you can identify. That's why I love the definition that I said earlier, the capacity, mm-hmm. the capacity to be sexually or romantically attracted to someone of another gender, the capacity, mm-hmm. recognizing the capacity is bisexuality, right? Yeah. And Bisexuals also still have preferences too, you know? And so there's bisexuals out there who are attracted to both genders, not both genders. There's more than just two genders. There's many genders out there, you know? Um, So excuse me for that uh, mistaken phrasing. Um, I'm a product of this society as well. So I'm willing to be called out when I make mistakes based off of, uh, you know, training. All's forgiven, all's forgiven. Um, But I forgot what I was saying. You were saying that there are um, bisexuals out there who have preferences. Yes. Have preferences. And so, yeah, there can be, you can be bisexual and have mostly been with women or men. You know, that doesn't like, it's not that, again, that definition, it doesn't mean at the same rate. It doesn't mean at the same time. It doesn't mean that I'm always on 10 attracted to everything that goes by that's not what that means like bisexuals have preferences just like uh heterosexuals have preferences or gay men have preferences or lesbians have preferences and then we'll be with you you know it's 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 not that complicated this is why i always when i talk to heterosexual people who are so confused and act like this is a science project i'm like (laughs) Everything they throw at me, I throw right back at them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so if you're with the woman, are you going to be like thinking about a man? I'm like, okay, so when you're with your man, are you still attracted to other men? And do you think about them sometimes? <laughs> the answer is yes. Yeah. Like your attraction to people does not stop because you're with someone, you know? Um, it's really interesting. Dating, you know, and then also being a black man who identifies as bisexual, I feel like Black men are at the are the last in line when it comes to exploring sexuality. Like the things that I listen to where people are so afraid to be perceived as, I really believe that homophobia will start to go away in a major way when straight men stop acting like being gay is an offense. You know, yeah. that's how we start to take away, stop using gay as an insult mm-hmm. and stop being offended by it. You should actually say, 
cool, thank you. You know, that's support. That's that's yeah. an ally to the gay community because the more that like there's so I listen to the Breakfast Club all the time. They're always like throwing so many gay jokes and it's so ridiculous. And if someone says something, DJ Envy and Charlemagne goes crazy. But but I'm not. But, you know, I was like, why are you yeah. so offended? Like, yeah. why is this such a? And you know what I think it is. I still think today. Someone said this to me. Someone that I used to um, date said to me, "Well, I just don't think that." you know, bisexual men are masculine. And I was like, what is, what do you mean by that? Because there's masculine bisexual men, there's masculine gay men. And, yes. and then lastly, there's straight men who aren't the most masculine. So the question is, yeah. why is masculinity based off of sexuality? That's mm-hmm. actually a lie. It's a stereotype that's not true. Mm-hmm. A man loving another man does not mean that they're any less of a man if that's how they identify. You know, and so I think we got to break down all of these stereotypes and things that we push forward, yeah. you know, or or someone said to me, well, I'm just not attracted to that. I said, when you say you're not attracted to that, what do you mean? Because you don't have to be attracted to a person's sexuality. You're attracted to them and you hope that the feeling is mutual and then you move forward with that. But if I happen to be bisexual and I'm dating you, the biggest challenge is women, honestly, you know, because they question my loyalty because I identify as bisexual, especially women of color. Um, unfortunately, in my experience, and statistically speaking as well, um, and we can talk about that as well. I think that the fears are valid because of the way that Black men exploring their sexuality was introduced to women of color was by way of fear. Like the DL was a very fearful thing. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, is my man like? I, it was like presented with this thing of fear. Is the person that I'm with actually the person that they say that they are? And we wouldn't have to worry about that if yeah. black men had the opportunity to explore their sexuality. I was listening to a podcast recently, and um, they were saying that. You know, when the DL came out, it put a lot of fear in the Black community about sexuality. So it forced a lot of men to be silent because of the ridicule that they were receiving. It didn't create a safe space for men who weren't interested in men or exploring their sexuality to talk about it, right? And then also, being as though when you say the DL, you think of a man of color. You think of a Black or Latino man when you think about the DL. You don't think about white men. And so what the DL also did- Oprah. Create a space where white men could explore their sexualities below the radar because they weren't being looked at as being on the DL. It was something that was happening to the black community. And so there was so much fear that was given to women of color from that book. And I think that we need to approach sexuality and we need to create space for men of color to safely be able to explore sexuality without, you know, the ridicule, without being made to be less than anything. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a challenging thing for, you know, our community to do. Yeah, it is. And and I mean, I think we all can can definitely agree that the Black community is, very conservative like mm-hmm. we are conservative as fuck like and you want to talk about labels and putting people in boxes like you step outside of whatever your family um you know thinks that you should be and and it's a wrap you're gonna get roasted like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know be going in and and the black community we don't hold back we'll say what we gotta say well, insult you, but we'll still love you, all those things, but not realizing the trauma that comes with that. Um, and like you said, and being forced to kind of hide behind 
um, you know, a certain persona that really may not be you and really may not be what you want to do, but you're so worried about a ridicule um, that you will receive from family and friends. Because again, we're a black community. We don't, we say what we want to say and, and leave it at that and not care about how you feel, right? Like we, we've seen it. We see it on social media now and scroll, laugh and scroll through it. We see it on, you know, Real Housewives of Atlanta and laugh at it, but not really, not really grasping how that can truly, you know, hurt someone and, and force someone to uh, pull back, right? And not be honest with themselves let alone be honest with with their community so i definitely see that um and i definitely see the issue and how we need to change that now how it's going to happen who knows right i think it starts with listening just yeah and i think we are we're growing and we're being progressive and and i think our generation is definitely starting to change that um i love how millennials right now um especially black millennials right now we're just more open Mm -hmm. right we're just being a little bit more open and um we're not really caring too much about what someone has to say about who we're with or who we want to be or anything like that um and i admire that um i identify with that right now like i'm doing whatever i want to do i'm almost 30 Mm -hmm. single as fuck no kids as fuck You I don't want kids. But I'm so unapologetic about it, right? Yeah. Like we probably listen, I got money in the pot. These people hey. like money got money on me that I'm going to have kids. And I'm like, just give me my money now because I'm not. And I'm so unapologetic about being this age, being a female and not having kids, right? I'm so unapologetic about um, you know, being this age and being okay with not being in a relationship because other people who have presented themselves to me have truly been unworthy of who I am in a relationship. Um, And I don't think that was necessarily a mindset of most people in earlier generations. Mm -hmm. And there's a number of people like me like this, (laughs) you know, there's a number of us who are in this mindset who are just like, let me just live my life, move forward so I can, retire at the appropriate age and mm. have to work until I'm 80 like some of y'all I'm just kidding so <laughs> but we're definitely more open um and and I certainly love that about us um and you mentioned too about not being um you know feeling alone um after coming out and and definitely having a time where you know you went through a depression and you know you just you you had a struggle, right? Trying to work with, um, I guess, the ident- identity of that or the aspect ongoing. of, of that. Hmm? I said ongoing. It's all, ongoing. It's, uh, I'm still learning myself, you know? I, I have a lot of insecurities about my uh, sexuality still today. I'm aware of them. I voice them out loud just because I don't want to give anybody else the power of my insecurities. Like, mm-hmm. I own them and I have the power to... Uh, shift those things but i have to face them first yeah. i have to call them by their name and call it out what what those insecurities are but uh yeah. you know again i'm a product of this society as well and so just as much i posted this on facebook months ago uh i love myself truly and deeply um however the amount of time that i spent building up shame about myself 
and the shame that I was given and what I was told to be shameful about, I'm free now, but I have to spend the same, not the same amount of time, but I have to spend some of that time that I spent building up that shame and being, you know, called shameful to release that shame so that it's no longer in my being and in my spirit. Like you don't just snap your fingers one day and all of the homophobia and bi and biphobia, it doesn't just go away when you start to identify. I know a lot of gay men who are still dealing with their own internalized homophobia based on how we were raised, based on the yeah. churches that we were raised in, based on our black families, you know? Like there's a journey to complete freedom, but that shame creeps in in interesting ways that you just don't expect from the day to day, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I definitely agree with that for sure. Um, and so let's talk about visibility, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and lack thereof that we have of mm-hmm. black, bi, queer men or women in mainstream. Um, I'll even say on social media too. I don't see too many people, um, on social media, but it also could be just me, not, you know, the algorithm. Yeah. It's just me not looking for that. But, um, um, but you, you told a story before. It was an interesting story of, of your, um, of a conversation you had had and it went into, um, the lack of visibility in a certain genre. So I definitely want you to tell that story. I thought it was so interesting. I want the listeners to hear about this story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I did this horror film um, called The Quiet Room, which you all should check out on either Shutter streaming service for horror, or you can check it out on Crypt TV, The Quiet Room, starring me, Jamal Douglas. And it's you so know, good. <laughs> yeah, Brittany got to see it. It's a great film, and not just because I'm in it, but it's just actually a beautiful film. And um, and so visibility, you know, in the horror genre, you hadn't seen a black guy with locks who happens to be queer. You don't see that. Like, I don't see my reflection in the forefront anywhere <laughs> yeah. as a black queer man right and mm-hmm. so that visibility having me as the lead of that film and the feedback that we got from that film because the film wasn't about my character michael's queerness at all that was just a given circumstance of who he was and losing a partner you know um and i think that that was so beautiful because the way that people of all races and genders, the way that they related to the film and to Michael's journey was so enlightening to me. It, it reminded me that when you live your life out loud and when you are who you are, and that, that, that film gave me a platform. We did f- over 40 film festivals worldwide. We were going for almost two years on festivals and everything. And the one, it, it was the first time that I because I had this platform to speak out in open form about my bisexuality and about the importance of having this dark black brown skin in the forefront being desired, uh, you know, uh, leading this film in that way uh, and a very diverse queer set, you know, it was very, very, very amazing and progressive what this film was able to do and I'm so grateful because it enlightened me I realized I'm an artist that has to be able to speak about the art that I'm creating and it gave me a platform to speak about the art 
and my experiences and how it relates to the art. And that opened me up, that freed me in a huge major way because the more that I spoke, the more that I realized that I wasn't alone. And every time that I was willing to expose myself and to be who I was in my authenticity, mm -hmm. I'm always creating a space for someone else who looks like me, who relates to me, yeah. to find their freedom, to find their liberation. And so we mm -hmm. continually need to have that visibility. Viola Davis is doing it on How to Get With Murder. Her um, character is queer on that show, you know? Yeah. Wesley on, um, on um, True Blood as well, fluid character. Again, these are women though. We're not seeing a lot of men of color. Yeah. I see a lot of men of color. And when we do see men of color, yeah. they're usually not this skin tone. They're not, I'm a, I'm a dark skinned black man. Yeah. They don't look like me. Um, they don't sound like me. They yeah. don't walk and talk like me. A lot of times television is still creating this archetype mm -hmm. of a stereotype yeah. of what bisexuality, gayness, or queerness looks like, you know? Yeah. And when I say visibility, I mean, you need all the colors, no pun intended, yeah. representing this thing. And it's, and it's, and it's beautiful, wide array of colors. Yeah, I agree. And we, you know what? We, you just reminded me, we got a little bit of that in Moonlight. Yeah. Even though it was, it was um, definitely heavy with the insecurities that can come with homosexuality mm -hmm. or bisexuality. Um, but we still got a little bit of that because the men who, you know, were the leads, right, in that movie or the romantic interest in the movie, um, you know, were not Jussie Smollett, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, you mentioned that and I got, I was sitting here thinking like, well, who is, who's out there, which is already, you know, is already a testament to what you're saying is we really have to sit and think. But, um, but yeah, I thought about Moonlight or even, um, we talk about males too, Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean came out eventually as bisexual and he got a little flack for it. Um, but I think overall people just went. Did he now? Did he come out as bisexual or gay? He came out as bisexual first. Ah. And that, let's talk, so that we may be able to talk about that a little bit, but I've growing up, I've, I'm, friends with everybody I don't care who you are like I was always cool with everybody um but growing up I've always any men who I um have been close to or who have known who have come out their original coming out was as bisexual yeah, which pinned the phrase "by now, gay later," which mm. I can't stand. Interesting. Yes, but I always took it as um, you know, coming out as bisexual uh, to to not fully be seen as less of a man. Mm -hmm. To your point earlier, right? And um, and then eventually, yeah, they would you know eventually they would either come out as gay or you know or you whatever eventually they would just come out as gay but <laughs> um so i've 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 definitely seen that and that has been my original um not idea of bisexuality but my original idea of 
gay men actually like come as like you said bi first and gay later i now know better um as a 29 year old woman who who's had all the friends and had all the discussions and who sits and listens and observes and pays attentions and accept people as who they are and now know better um but i can definitely testify to being a person who you know was maybe not confused but it took time to really understand right like but at the end of the day we're all individuals um so when frank ocean came out there was this big hoorah like oh my god frank ocean well when he was thinking think about you was he thinking about a man was he thinking about a woman like you know all the craziness or whatever um i blew past that because he also has timeless music right so Mm -hmm. i don't care who he's singing about he makes good songs it don't matter to me um but he's 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 you know out there he's someone to be you know he's he's someone to give visibility to that community um Taylor uh, Taylor Bennett, who is Chance the Rapper's brother, he came out, I want to say earlier this year, 2019, earlier this year, um, as a bisexual male, and folks are going to know hoorah about um, his coming out because I think he did it via like social media, like yeah. included, right? But also, um, he's dating a female, a gorgeous female, and um, soon to have a baby on the way. I'm not sure if she's pregnant at the time, but still. Um, so that added so much confusion to so many people. But how I see it is the visibility and the diversity in being visible, right? Um, I'm all for it right now. And the relatability, I'm such a fan of just being related to, no matter where you are, no matter where you go, I think that we should all you know, feel related to. And I think they're giving that, especially Tyler Bennett. Um, I think he is very relatable um, to a lot of Black bisexual um, or Black queer males. Um, but we need more out there. You know, we need more to to be able to have, you know, just a stronger conversation. Um, and then again to just dismantle the discrimination dismantle um you know any any mystical mythical ideas that people have about bisexual men particularly about bisexual black males being less masculine like that um that that is just so interesting to me to take masculinity out of the conversation i mean we talk about toxic masculinity all the time and we look at how problematic it is and i don't think that a man should be defined on his masculinity Mm -hmm. masculinity does not define a man regardless of their sexuality um and so i think that needs to start being the conversation as well it's in the same way that you know uh, we shouldn't define women on their femininity, you know, like there's so much pressure or was or still is and ever growing of pressure to be this thing that society tells you, you have to be because of your gender. Yeah. And I think that we need to challenge each other to uh, stop doing that and to question when we do that, because what is that saying? You know, when I was talking about... <laughs> It's like two years ago and I was with my friend and she was the first woman of color ever. I asked her, I said, could you date a bisexual man? And she said, I don't think I could. Mm -hmm. And I said, why not? And she said, because I'm too insecure. 
And that was the first time I spoke to someone and they didn't put it on the man who identifies as bisexual. Oftentimes, it becomes the person who identifies as bisexual. And it's like, well, bisexual men do this and they do that and they don't know what they want. And they like, it always becomes the person that you're, she was the first person I ever spoke to who was able to say that it's because of my insecurities. And that's taking ownership and not putting uh, whatever your phobia or your fear or your misunderstanding of bisexuality yeah. on the other, you know? It's yeah. taking ownership of why you can't. And now today she says, you know, I can. Yes, <laughs> you know? And she, she's just grown to a place where she's closest to bisexual and gay men. Those are the people she's mm-hmm. close to. She doesn't have a lot of heterosexual friends. Yeah that are male at all because they bother her because, <laughs> because of the way that, you know, society has raised up yeah. uh, heterosexual men. Um, yeah. And of course there's wonderful, uh, wonderful, 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 wonderful men out there regardless of sexuality. Again, I just feel like I have to say that, but there is uh, this thing that is more so in the forefront and the toxic masculinity, the toxic man is yeah. the thing that has the most power in this world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love that you gave that example of, um, (laughs) of her, you know, just being self-aware and just saying, I have my own insecurities, um, along with the opposite of, and what we hear mostly is like, of people saying that, you know, I would never date a bisexual male because, you know, he, he could probably get with a man whenever he wants to just all this weird stuff. Right. And that reminds me of like, I would have conversations with my friends, my lesbian friends who talk shit about bisexual women. And it's for some of those same reasons. But the main thing being that um, they're fearful of, uh, you know, dating a bisexual woman. And she just goes back. Well, as they say, go back to men. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's comical. And what I normally say is, well, that sounds like an insecurity of yours, right? So just as you say, you turn it back on them, I turn it back on them as well. Like, that sounds like an insecurity of yours because at the end of the day, she can leave you for a female too. Yeah. You know? Why is that better? She could just leave you. It don't matter what it's for. You know? So, like, so to, 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 you know, to try to say that it's because, you know, she's, because she's attracted to either or, that's, that's irrelevant. It really could be irrelevant. She can leave you because your feet stink. Like, it just don't matter. At the end of the day, if she want to leave, she's going to leave. Mm-hmm. And if you're really secure within yourself, and this is for anybody, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're really secure within yourself, if somebody leaves, let them. That's their loss, not yours. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day. So many misconceptions. Someone also told me they said <laughs> it's very interesting and it's real for them. So I don't want to make jokes of their feelings and where they're at, um, regardless of how valid or not valid or true or not true. It's just where people are at. Um, but this person said to me that, you know, I couldn't date a bisexual man because I can't compete with a man. Mm-hmm. And you know what I thought and said? I said, well, you couldn't compete with the woman that he cheated on you with either. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say it like that, but we were having a conversation that was more in depth. So I wasn't throwing shade, but 
just I was trying to highlight the misconception that you are safer. Exactly. Because of your fear. You're right. You're you know right. what I mean? It's like, no, like being with a straight man has never kept a man that you may have been with from browsing or cheating or doing anything. And so I, 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 I have to say this as well, that bisexuality and monogamy is not synonymous. A lot of times people think that bisexuals cannot be monogamous because if they're with one gender, then they're automatically going to desire and want to be with the other gender on another day. No, that's not how this thing works. Listen, if you're a cheater, you're a cheater. <laughs> you know and and again i don't even think that monogamy is for everybody like monogamy isn't the holy grail of everything like you yeah. know that's that's millennial another thing that millennials are doing as well it's like you know and so there's not to say that we're supposed to be monogamous or non-monogamous however mm-hmm. i do think that people oftentimes think that bisexuality and non-monogamy are synonymous and they have never been yeah never been <sighs> So many things. All the things. All the things. I mean, I think we covered most of it. I think we yeah. we penetrated this conversation. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we'll get back to this conversation uh, another time when we talk about dating and things like that. And the struggle For sure. Just as people out here in the world. There's so much to talk about when it comes to this subject. And, uh, you know, I encourage you all to definitely reach out to us, ask us questions. We definitely want your commentary on what we spoke about today. Again, this is speaking from our own experiences. And we really just want to deliberate and, you know, think about these things with you all because it takes a strong community to really break down the stigmas that keeps us locked up and keeps us in fear and keeps us not being our full authentic selves. And so we want to release that fear with you all and, uh, you know, dissect these things. Dissect them. And we hope we, we encourage anyone out there to think a little differently, you know, and, and, um, open up and listen up and, you know, just, just be nice to people. God damn be it. Be nice to people. Meet the human being and be intrigued about the human that you're yes. meeting. Exactly. Well, Jamal, as always, the conversation with you is amazeballs. I learned so much. I love speaking with you. We miss you, Disa. We miss you so much, but you're out there doing your thing, girl. We're going to see you pretty soon. Um, listeners, Check us, continue to check us out on Instagram, Living Millennial PC, on Facebook, Living Millennial Podcast. Um, DM us as well or message us for any merchandise. We have all the good things. We have coffee mugs, sweaters. It's that time. So go ahead and get y'all sweater. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're always looking for support as well. Um, so hit us up and, and let us know um, what's your specialty and how you can do so. Right. Peace, King. (laughs) Jamal, you're the best. Peace, Brittany. I love you so much. Thank y'all for tuning in to Living Millennial. That's our show. Living Millennial. Hey, more to come. More, more, more to come. We are living millennial. Oh, ba, 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 ba. Be sure to subscribe to our show. Follow us on IG and tell us what you think.